Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I am your host, Chuck Peters, and we are recording this episode at the Etch Family Ministry Conference here in Nashville, Tennessee. And But one of the great things about recording here at the Etch Conference is we have a whole bunch of friends who come to town to be here for the event that we get to sit down with and hear from. And so today... I am with Matt Morgan. Hi, Matt. Hey, Chuck. Hey, we're and we're excited to have you here. We're going to be talking about uh, a topic that you're teaching as a breakout, right. and that is how to lead when you're not the leader. Right. So that can be challenging. Absolutely. Leading from the middle of the pack or the back bottom. of the pack or the bottom yeah. of the picking or- pecking yeah. order. Yeah, I think this is really important because m- most children's and student ministry, um, we report to a senior pastor or a leadership team. Um, and sometimes that's a great relationship. Sometimes there's conflict or hardship. And so how do we navigate that? How do we, how do we lead well from wherever we are in the organization? That's kind of, that's kind of what, yeah, that's where my heart is. So that's what we're going to dig into here in just a moment. For those of you who have not yet met Matt, that's an alliterative statement. If you have not met Matt, Matt yet, Matt Morgan is the kids pastor for Fellowship Bible Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's served for more than 15 years in children's ministry. He's passionate about seeing kids understand the richness of the gospel. And he shares from his personal uh, and ministry experience at mattmo.org. M-A-T-T-M-O. Dot org. Dot org. That's what it. else would we find at, at, at Matt Mo? Um, yeah, so I try to share from experiences. And so sometimes those are fun stories that we're doing in our ministry there at Fellowship Bible Church. Other times it's just things I'm reading or learning. Um, and probably the best part's a picture of my wife and kids. You know, that's that's the that's the beauty part of the blog is is that side. So yeah, I just enjoy sharing from experience. So not not always frequent, but whenever I feel like God's leading something, we share it there. So every now and then on the podcast, we like to just take a pause, just a little bit of an aside to get to know something out of the ordinary about our guests. And so, you know, since you're a first timer on the podcast, I thought it would be nice to ask you a little bit about little you. Uh, little yeah. Matt. So okay. when you were a kid, first of all, do you have siblings? I do. How many and where I have do you an, fall in the order? I have an older sister and an older brother, and um, they are significantly older, like seven years older than me. So so did you kind of, were you raised as sort of like a third child, only child? Uh, yes. Yeah. So my dad was military, uh, Navy, and so they grew up as Navy kids. And okay. then two years before I was born, he left the Navy and took a corporate America job. And so I grew up essentially in a totally different family. Whole different life. Yeah. And now where in the country did you live? Uh, Little Rock. Okay. Grew, grew Rock. up, so born and raised in Little Rock. Time. Yeah, my parents still live in the exact same house that they brought me home wow. to. Yeah. Wow, so that's cool. Kind of okay, so as a kid then, since you grew up in that whole house, mm-hmm. you, I assume that you've left now. I have. Since you're married yeah, and yeah, have a family. Yeah, we do have our own. <laughs> yeah. We go visit from time to time, but we do live separate now. <laughs> So tell me about your childhood bedroom. What what color was it? What kind of bedspread did oh, you have? Wow. What was in that room? So I had, and people who are children of the 80s will remember this, the big aluminum metal bunk beds that had oh, like yeah. a full-size bed on the bottom and twin on the top. I had a bright red bunk bed, and the curtains were yellow, and the most of the artwork and stuff was blue because I was super super i was super into superman like superman was my like idol and so everything was superman colors and had superman memorabilia it was yeah so i went all out with the red bed and yellow curtains so okay so i can relate a little to that i was an only child 
and I had bunk beds. Yeah. So did you sleep on the top bunk or the bottom bunk? So right when we got the bunk beds, I climbed up the ladder and hit my head on the moving ceiling fan. Oh. And so <laughs> I was scared to sleep on the bunk bed for That's the, the rest of my childhood. <laughs> So, so I, so I always slept on the bottom. Yeah. Did you have sleepovers with I friends? I did, and, and, and I would there? tell them. Yeah, and I would not warn like them about the. Your, oh. Yeah, I wouldn't warn them. I would just see if they would notice. So hilarious. Yeah. All right, well, guys, we're here to talk about that. This idea of leading when you're not the leader. So we know children's ministry is a vital part of the church. We all know that as folks who are in kids ministry. But we also know it's only one of many things that your senior pastor and, and leadership board have to think about. In the, so I want to discuss here with Matt some some practical ways that we can use our, our positions uh, and our, our the influence that we do have from where it is that we sit to support those uh, that, that lead above us. Mm-hmm. How can we have an influence, have a voice mm-hmm. in a setting where we're not the boss? Yeah, so I think a few years back, I was attending a conference and heard Craig Groeschel speaking. And uh, one of the things he said stuck with me then and it even stuck with me today. And he said, the biggest myth about leadership is that you have to be in charge in order to lead. Mm. And I think that's a, a great statement for people who are serving in church staffs or lay leaders. Um, you know, we look at positional authority as the only authority, but really it's about influence. Really it's about leading people and discipling people. And so you can do that from anywhere in the organization. So really, um, first step I think would be how are you developing relationships with the people you serve with, the people you serve under, and the people you you lead? And so it's all about influence. And um, so, yeah, so that's, we'll be talking a little bit about that today of just how do we gain influence wherever we are in an organization, whether that be bottom, middle, or top. And that's really through relationship and time. Like if influence was an equation, it would be relationship plus time. Um, because I think when we spend time with people and we do it with the context of relationship, we gain influence. And really influence is power. It is the currency of leadership, as they say. And so, so yeah, so we're talking through that. But I think one really simple practical step to gaining influence is honoring the leader above you. Like yeah. respect is something that we all struggle with. Um, we don't want to give respect because respect is earned. Yes. Um, so even in the context of that, though, Scripture tells us that honor is given. Yes. And so we give honor because God has placed them in authority. Romans 13, you yeah. know, that God has put them there for a reason. So they're leading us. And so we want to give honor to the people above us, um, whether we feel like they've earned it or not. Like they could be a great leader or they could be a struggling leader. But honor is something that's God given to them because of their position. And we want to honor them well. And that's um, that's a step that I think we all need to like evaluate. How are we honoring the person above us? Um, so some practical things for us is, you know, how, ask them how you can pray for them. How can you, how can I pray for you? Or write a card, you know, expressing your thanks for them. Um, one thing that I've done is just asking our senior pastor, hey, tell me about your family. How's your family doing? So most conversations we have now are not about ministry, but about his sons who are football players and just kind of talking through that. And so um, it's just an interesting thing of just honor the leader above you. Mm. Honor and relationship. Yeah, two yeah. good doing keys. that in there. And those are things that anyone can do, regardless of your role. Mm-hmm. Some people are a little harder to get close to. Isn't that true? What do you, so if you have this desire to build that level of connection, mm-hmm. some leaders are, are are very open and warm to that, and others may be a little harder to track down. What advice might you have for someone who? who wants to seek this out and, and gain that, maybe gain favor, yeah. you know, with their leader, mm-hmm. right. uh, but may have a hard time making the connection. Yeah, I, I say, you know, an email or even um, mine was a note card 
put in their box. And it just asks a couple of simple questions of, how can I pray for you? Um, how often do you want to hear from me? And what's the best way for me to communicate with you? Yeah. So those three things were just simple steps that they could take the time and fill out that card and just drop it back in, in my little mailbox at the church. But it was just a real practical way of going, hey, I, I care about you and also want to share about our ministry with you. So if, you, if you'll tell me how the best way to do that, that, that respects your schedule, but also speaks into your life, I want to do that. And so oh. um, it was great. Like they responded and one of them was text and another leader was email and one was like, hey, let's go to lunch. And so yeah, kind of knowing, knowing how to speak their language and then doing that consistently. So something that I uh, got to share about in a pre-conference session I led yesterday with, with some new leaders is talking about clarifying expectations. Mm -hmm. And you, so that's resonating in my head as you say that. It's really helpful for us to go to our leaders and say, like you said, what's the best way, how would you like me to connect with you yes. or communicate with you? How often do you want to hear from me? And what are some ways I can pray for you? Those right. are fantastic things. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, at least in children's ministry, one of the common phrases I hear from peers is, well, they don't even know what I do. They don't, they don't know what I do day to day or week to week, you know, whether that be senior pastor or leadership board or even other staff, they don't know what I do. And I, I've said that, I've said that from time to time. And then God struck my heart with a question of, do you really know what they do? Oh yeah. And I had, to, I had to really right, think and we go. we all want to be known. It's, it's perspective, right? Yes. It's like, it's, it's, I, I see my world and think you should live in my world with me 100% of the time, but I don't think about the things they're going through and doing. And so um, do I really know what they go through? And so some of those questions just get to the heart of that, of tell me how I can be praying for you. It gives me a, a, a greater vision of what they're leading in and what they're going through. So. So much of that relationship comes from trust, right? We talked about respect as something yeah. you have to earn. Trust is definitely something that we have to earn. Yes. It's it's hard to gain and easy to lose. And so, but but to think about that relational connection mm -hmm. and how you can gain confidence in someone when you know their heart and you know their interests or their passions, yeah. their motivation, yeah. and you don't have to guess those things. Right, yeah. The book Crucial Conversations talks about believing the best in others and not writing your own story. Like, I think too often times, because we don't communicate well or at all, we, we tend to assume the worst, and then we begin to write a story in our, in our mind of, well, they did that because this. Um, and so that's where communication steps in, is don't write your own story. Have the conversation. Communicate so that you get to the heart behind decisions, the heart behind um, rejection. If you, if you had an idea and they say no, like... It's okay to challenge, but challenge well and challenge at the right time and ask for, for clarification. Like those are important things and it's all about, yeah, that communication and trust. So let's go a little bit deeper into this whole idea of leading when you're not the leader, right? Yeah. Because there, there are parts of our roles where we have to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. We have to own our strategy or own our, you know, whatever it is that we're doing as though it is ours mm -hmm. and yet also hold it loosely enough that if our leader has a different vision or a different direction that we are not crushed if they want to make a change. Yeah, yeah. That can be hard to balance. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the book leading from the second chair gives four, like four paradoxes and that's, and that's one of them of this, you know, you have to be a dreamer, but you also have to be a subordinate. Like you have to be like in a, in a position to say like, I, I dream and I have visions for ministry, but I don't make the ultimate decision. And I have to be okay sometimes that those are no's. Um, one instance for us was, I call it 
the Easter egg drop. Like we had planned out this amazing Easter egg drop. I'm picturing a helicopter. That's what it was. Eggs yes. from the sky. I was gonna. I was gonna be the one who got to be in the helicopter. Oh, that's so, so I was cool. super bummed. Were you in a bunny suit in this picture? Because um, I'm picturing maybe, you in the bunny suit. May or, may okay. or may not have been. <laughs> well, so we planned this this event and and we dreaming it up, and then we get a rejection from our leadership team. They say we're not going to do this event. Um, we're, we're not going to do it. And so that, we call it the Easter egg drop dilemma. You know, we, we, we wanted to do this event, but we were told no. And so I learned a couple of things from that. One being, I don't see the bigger picture. Like there was some timing issues. There were some other events on the calendar that it competed with that I wasn't aware of. So the no felt really harsh, but hindsight's twenty twenty. looking back and going, there were other things that factored into that decision. Yeah. But also we were so passionate and so strong about it. It was also an opportunity for us to challenge. Like yeah. we challenged and said, why? We need an explanation. And I think that's important for leaders to, to hear. Like you, you can ask for an explanation. It may not, you have to be prepared for the no, but you can ask for explanation and clarification. And um, in doing so, it was really helping that perspective. And so we learned a lot from that event. I, I'm still, it's still on the, it's still on the brainstorming board of like, we want to do it. And I may or may not wear a bunny suit, but <laughs> one of these years we will drop eggs from a helicopter, but it just wasn't that the timing wasn't right. Well, and when so, I hear that you've done it, I'm going to, I'm going to picture it in my mind that, of yeah, you in the I bunny suit. I finally got the yes. <laughs> and I was in a bunny suit. Yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, as we talk about, you know, this notion of, of building trust, growing in relational favor with our leaders, mm-hmm in the influence that we have, I think there's probably an important distinction between influencing in an appropriate way, like you're talking about, right? Yeah. The, the honoring those leaders as leaders right. and thinking of this as a strategy to manipulate them to do what I want. Right, right. Right, do you have some advice yeah. on coaching? Because our motive really makes no, a big difference, Yeah, that's it? so true. And I say one of the points that you have to remember is fight for we before me. Fight for we before me. So when you catch the vision of our church, this is what we are about. We're about the Great Commission. We're about reaching this community. Um, You have to see the greater vision of the church and fight for that before me. And so sometimes that means giving up opportunities that may be a great opportunity for your ministry, but for the sake of other ministries, giving those up. Um, It may mean giving up budget money. Yeah. Th- those are steps to, yeah, that's, that's gaining influence, not manipulating. It's, it's real quick. I'd say, you know, motive is a, is a big thing. Whenever I'm going into this, what's my motive? Um, because if my motive is I want the best for our church, then I think, I think you're in a safe boat that your influence is really gaining influence and favor. It's not manipulation. Right. And that's not a place that we want to go, right? Because that's going to yeah. undermine everything and be yeah. detrimental, and there and destroy trust. Uh, it, right? and that's, I mean, that's the quickest way I would say to decrease influence is to do that through manipulation. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, Matt, thank you so much yeah, for sharing. You. We appreciate you being here at the Edge Conference and sharing in the longer session that you'll get to do here yes. soon. But thank you for taking time to sit with us on the podcast. I know you've been a listener. Now it's great to have you as a guest. Yeah. Uh, man, I'd love to have you back again sometime so we can talk more. I great. know that we're just scratching the surface of this conversation. Listeners, thank you for listening. And I hope that you'll take this to heart. You know, as, as Matt talks about uh, building relationship, relationship and, and gaining that relational equity uh, building trust with your leaders so that they know who you are, but also that they know your heart so that when you have an opinion, that's it's in the context of that honoring, respectful relationship. So 
hope that goes well for you as you pursue the Lord in that. Also, I want to remind you that you can find out more from Matt at mattmo.org, M-A-T-T-M-O.org. And you can find him there and find uh, uh, more thoughts and insights and stuff from Matt Morris. Matt, again, thank you. Listeners, thank you. And we hope you'll join us again back here for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.